0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 289 with a review of Noah. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And
1: I'm Stephen Miller.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue of the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are talking about uh, you know, the big, crazy, epic Noah from Darren Aronofsky. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight?
2: I am doing well this morning.
0: So did, did Steven just die? I think
2: Steven... <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm still here,
1: taking a uh, sip okay. of coffee, because it is not night, it's morning. Yes. Uh, and the people need to know.
0: <laughs> did I say, how are you guys doing this evening? Yeah, you said Yeah, he you said, said how, how are you
1: guys doing tonight? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like the guy at like the Walmart checkout line who says, have a good night when you walk away, <laughs> even though know. it's like 10 in the well, morning. Even though they don't we- know where they are.
0: We always record in the morning, or lately we have been, and uh, last time we didn't. Steven and I recorded in the evening, and then yeah. I somehow just, you know, reverted back to the change from last episodes. So I, don't, I don't know what's going on.
1: That's true. No, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like it's night. I'm good and tired. Had a bunch of people over last night. Slept too little, drank a little bit too much. Uh, so it's, it's almost like a nighttime recording for me.
0: Yeah. Plus, it's been raining for forty days and forty nights, so it's like hard yeah, to that tell didn't help at what, all. what time of day it is.
2: Yeah. Well, Stephen invited all the the animals over to his the, uh, apartment, two of each kind, right? That's how you party. <laughs> yeah. And you're yeah, like, where's my? Point. You're like, where's my wife? Why don't <laughs> I get
1: a wife? And then Josh Harnett uh, tried to sleep with me, which was awkward. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> good times yeah (laughs) yep all right well uh yeah um should we just get into this review then
1: yeah let's go for it
0: all right let's 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 get on board and uh ride this this thing out um so we're gonna take a listen to the trailer for noah and then come back and let you guys know what we thought
2: Father said that
1: one day, if man continued in his way, the Creator would annihilate this world. Can it not be averted? He speaks to you. You must trust that he speaks in a way that you can understand.
0: I saw water. Death by water. Now I saw new life. A great flood is coming. We build a vessel to
2: survive the storm, we build an ark. You want. You don't know your king. There isn't anything for you here.
1: I have men at my back, and you stand alone and
0: defy me. I'm not alone. I choose you for a reason.
2: That's the end of everything. Beginning.
0: You just listened to the trailer for Noah. Um, It's a story that, uh, you know, many people, you know, might at least know a little bit about. Uh, Basically, man is, you know, not so great. And God is kind of uh, ticked off at how not great they are. And he's going to wipe them all out. But, you know, one man has a stream about this oncoming flood that is going to take out all of humanity. And he gets this, you know, inclination that he should build a vessel to, you know, Help, uh, you know, ferry all the animals past this destruction of all mankind. So, what did you guys think of this film?
2: Um, not to be uh, sensitive to any religious groups or anything, but uh, I thought the movie was badass. So, um, <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie. I uh, I was really looking forward to it ever since they announced that Darren Aronofsky, you know, said. I want to make a Noah movie ever since I was like 12 or whatever so uh, that's something that I was like yeah I would definitely watch that and uh, the trailers were uh, intriguing although I I knew that uh, they were probably trying to tone it down a little from you know try and sell it to mainstream audiences and I they definitely did because I'm pretty sure my grandma would not like this movie
0: Um, (laughs) okay so so you mean tone down the trailers themselves isn't this the the grandma you
2: saw Wolf of Wall Street with no that was my mom (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) no she definitely wouldn't watch that movie (laughs) Um, yeah uh, yeah so I feel like because it's funny because there's even shots in the trailer where it's like they clearly removed certain aspects to be like we don't want people to know that there's you know rock monsters in this movie or whatever (laughs) <laughs> um, so I, I think that you know I think they had a movie on their hands. were are like, this movie is weird and very dark, and we don't know how to sell it to people, and we don't want to offend any religious groups. Uh, obviously, they took that whole uh, they took that whole length in the marketing to be like, this is a movie, or this is a movie that was inspired by you know the story of Noah, uh, and you know it's not a literal adaptation even though it's kind of funny because these groups that are getting kind of uh, offended by it, it's just like, but it's a story that's, you know, I, I don't know, it's just like, you weren't there. I mean, I how do you know that this is <laughs> what really happened or if it happened at all, you know?
1: And, and also the story is very short in the Bible. Yeah, exactly. Not, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't say there weren't rock
2: monsters. Right. <laughs> and I think that, I think if you dive deeper and there are there is more to it, at least from what I've seen. I don't know. I mean, there's always that thing where it's like, like my brother was telling me that, you know, he's, he, he's taken a, a Bible class and like, there's a lot of really like messed up violent stuff in the Bible, but they don't put that in like the authorized, you know, version that everyone can get their hands on because they don't want you to know that, yeah, like, you know, Jesus killed people. And stuff. <laughs> you know, and then brought him back to life because he can. Um, he, didn't, he didn't kill people. Uh, <laughs> That's ridiculous. But yeah, uh, so anyway.
0: Uh, uh, the, the views expressed by Carson Patrick do not necessarily uh, reflect the
2: views. Brian, if you're listening to broadcast. this episode, you could comment on that story about when Jesus. I
1: guarantee you, Jesus didn't kill people. When Jesus killed yeah. a
2: kid and brought him back I, to life. Yeah. I, when he was a yeah. kid. I I read that on Wikipedia. Exactly. Anyway, um, so in Noah, Russell Crowe plays Noah, and I think this is one of the best performances Russell Crowe's given (laughs) since *A Beautiful Mind*. Um, He's really got a lot of work with here. To, I mean, you know, because I
1: I think the key is to have Jennifer Connelly think you're going crazy.
2: Right. Exactly. That's. (laughs) You just have to put Jennifer Connelly in it. Um, Right. And um, yeah, no, I thought the the cast was good. I just really liked how you know he did he made it very dark and it was it was very scary at times uh, and I was very surprised that this got away with the PG13 uh, in in several spots but uh yeah I I, uh, I enjoyed you know the the whole building of the arc and stuff like that and I think I think the movie loses a little bit of momentum in the third act but uh, I did like how everything. Kind of turned into a Zulowski movie, and there's a lot of screaming and yelling and uh, potential baby killing. Uh, You know, that's (laughs) always fun. So, and you know, there was a couple things like the CGI was a little dodgy in places, but I I forgave that. I was kind of, it kind of just all blended together. It was like that thing where I was, you know, making fun of the upside down plane and the flight trailer. And then when I saw it in the movie, in the context of the movie, It totally worked for me. Like I was I was on board, no pun intended. Um But yeah, like I I don't think it's like a a new classic or anything, but I would definitely rather watch this than some other stodgy Bible movie any day of the week. Uh so yeah, that's my two cents on Noah. Well
0: Well, Steven, what did you think?
1: Yeah, so I mean I um I'm probably A bit more familiar with the source material than carson (laughs) since i know for instance that jesus didn't kill anybody (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so i i I was very curious going into this movie because on the one hand you have the fact that it is an adaptation of a bible story which so far has had i think about a zero percent success rate (laughs) personally as far (laughs) as like making a compelling film I I so, really so can't. You, you didn't like you.
0: Evan Almighty?
2: Okay, okay. If that that kind of counts, or that one Noah's Ark midi series with John Voight. That was no, a I didn't. I I didn't watch that. That one. was a winner. I guess the
1: <laughs> the Prince of Egypt. I remember liking that <laughs> as a kid. That was a good movie. Yeah, that counts for something. Yeah, but but yeah. Anyway, I mean the the odds that a Bible based movie will be good. I, I'm just conditioned to assume it can't happen. Right? Yeah. Either. Either it's going to take some really huge artistic liberties uh, or else it's going to try very hard to not offend anyone. And what you'll get is something where, like, every character has a halo around their head and it's just ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, little side note real fast. You know, Carson mentioned violence in the Bible. And, like, what I don't think a lot of people realize is that, like... There are a bunch of stories in the Bible that are, like, as good as any Game of Thrones crazy plot scenario with, like, people yeah. murdering each other and backstabbing okay. each other. Like, there are some really badass tales that could be made into Bible movies that just don't because they're not the classic feel-good Bible stories that were told from the, a child. And it's, like, stuff that is sort of, like, pushed off to the side. Um, so, like, there, there, there are plenty of things that could be made into awesome um yeah definitely especially
1: if people are willing to actually interpret them like you know most of these stories are only going to take up like one page max of the bible and in order to flesh that out obviously you need to add things that weren't explicitly given in the original yeah like rock monsters for instance (laughs) um and i i think unfortunately people are bound to get pissed off at that even though it's a necessary requirement of making it a compelling movie yeah uh, because for sure, there's all sorts of violent, twisted stuff that happens in the Old Testament. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, uh, so I went in pretty skeptical. Um, that was offset by knowing that I liked Darren Aronofsky quite a bit. Uh, Black Swan wasn't my favorite movie, but like I loved The Wrestler. Uh, obviously, Requiem for a Dream. And even when he makes what I feel like are creative missteps like uh, the fountain for instance i wasn't completely on board with it but it was at least very interesting in the way that i wasn't on board um (laughs) like he like he definitely knows how to make a compelling picture even if it isn't always something i'm in love with um yeah so what i got in the end it's a movie that i can respect for all of the reasons that carson gave i mean the what he did with the source material and the things that he added and the way that he managed to find an emotional heart to the film and an actual like dark conflict to Noah which frankly if, if anyone is upset by that I think they haven't read the Bible because honestly this felt very in line with the sort of Old Testament story that you would see of people being people being conflicted and people being driven to madness and Mm, you know, yeah. laying drunk and naked, face down on the beach. I mean, like <laughs> the, the actual story of what happened to Noah after the Ark is like more twisted than this. Uh, some of the things that it alluded to here. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I was actually I was very impressed by that by the things he managed to find. He kind of brought in like an Abraham twist to it, like he merged a few stories together into one uh, yeah. with with the central conflict of Noah on the Ark, which I, I I won't spoil, but carson kind of said it already <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah some yeah. some pretty crazy stuff happens
0: carson potentially said it
1: potentially, potentially <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, don't, we, we don't know for sure <laughs> I, so i really i really like that part like i give props to the adaptation and to the vision of the director i still didn't make for me a movie which was necessarily enjoyable to watch Uh, I felt the big epic things happening, kind of, uh, you know, massive disaster movie style. And unfortunately, like, no matter how clever a director he is, those big, like, CG battles and epic flood coming and people walking around in sandals talking in, like, vaguely old English, uh, that just almost never works for me. Um, So, like, I, I enjoyed it. In the in the sense that every creative decision Aronofsky made, I thought like, wow, that you know that was very clever actually what you did, but it still didn't make a movie that had me on the edge of my seat. Um, I I just think kind of the source material, even if you stick to it at all, what you get is a big epic where almost nothing anyone does is of consequence, uh, <laughs> and he he managed to do something where Noah at least had had decisions to make that did have an impact like in the stuff that he added but still you kind of get the sense that this is a big thing happening to the characters and when you know the ending already then it i I don't know it it failed to really grip me uh, so i could see what he was going for and i respected the hell out of a lot of the stuff he did um i think if if religious people are offended by this, then again, I don't think they understand their own Bible very well because I really don't think he did anything that was at all out of the character of the old Testament. Um, Yeah. So appreciated it for that. Didn't have the most fun watching it. Chris, how did you feel?
0: Um, I I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, Part of what I enjoyed about it was, um, was kind of like what you said respecting the decisions that were made and like some of the stuff that gets like following his train of thought and, and where he came up with things and like what he um, what he was going what, what basically the, the choices he made were super compelling to me Cha- like taking a story that um, is sort of just like pretty straightforward like you know, God's pissed at at man, he's going to kill them all, but he talks to one dude and goes, hey, like, build this boat according to these specs, and then, like, put all these animals on it. Um, he kind of stepped back from that and kind of looked at um, both the ramifications of, of a man actually trying to do all this stuff and how that could come about, and, you know, he he worked in various parts of... Of of the stuff like you know I'm not I'm not a super awesome theologian I'm not like totally studied in everything but like this like the rock monsters themselves the Watchers like I mean th- those come from this idea of of the Nephilim and like these um these you know like angels that basically had children with man um, it's the whole passage about like the son of gods like coming down with the women of whatever yeah um,
1: the name of uh, Watchers also comes from a pseudo apocryphal book uh the book of enoch so okay. he actually didn't make that up either he did he did his homework there
0: okay so so those um so there's a separate group of watchers that aren't the nephilim
1: um i think some people think they're the same
0: okay some people okay cuz i interpret it as being that but like either way he created this like backstory of how um these you know beings came down and basically helped man expand out helped like sort of I mean you can't I you can't technically use the term industrialized because it's still like way back when everybody just has like simple tools and crap like that but like essentially it's like these people helped expand all of mankind and um like where that goes from there and like this idea of like you know one of one of the big questions people always deal with is how you know how could one man and like his little family build this giant ark and gather all these animals together so like this idea that these watchers are what helped him build it. it it's like seeing darren aronofsky's choice to like work that in um, it's just an interesting way to it's kind of like you know like people like oh well you know the egyptians couldn't have built the pyramids just with like enslaved jews so it must be aliens like he's coming up with his own like mythology for how that could have been done how Noah would know how to build an ark like this it's it's he's getting help from these people who have helped man in the past like so just the the use of the watchers in general were really really interesting then you get into the fact that like in in other stories like even you know earlier i jokingly brought up evan almighty but like the whole idea is that like everybody's like man this guy's crazy um but his family's like i guess we got to go with whatever you're doing um in this we really see that like the like with with his son and like like with the one son who's like well you know he's got a wife uh, what about me and like he's just concerned about like he understands what's going to happen, but he's like, oh, well, I'm totally going to get a wife then, right? Because, you know, after we go do this, we're going to repopulate the world. Like, there's these little individual conflicts between each of the characters that um, expand the story of just being a guy who did what God said. And then, you know, everything's all super happy. Like, it's, Which it's...
1: is a much more compelling side of it to take. Like, Like, that was one thing that I was also very impressed by, that he didn't just tell this story of... Look, nobody believes Noah, but he's going by faith, and in the end, it's gonna be rewarded like that that's such a kind of cliche like Sunday school interpretation of the story
0: yeah yeah, and 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 I think just like what he did with that, even beyond the interpersonal characters, like this isn't um this isn't your classic story of like Noah's here, and then God like talks to him in some magical way. this is like Noah has a few dreams, which he interprets as this thing it's like, since the fall, God hasn't really been interacting with pretty much anybody. Like, the um, the the people in the this universe that Darren Aronofsky has created are all, like, they acknowledge that God exists, but they think that God has turned his back on them. Like, nobody has talked to God in a long time. Nobody um, thinks that God even cares about man anymore, which, I mean, obviously he's pissed and he's going to destroy him, so there's good reason for that. Um, but, like, I don't know, it's just a different tale and the fact that noah is really just interpreting what little information he has and the conclusions he comes to are you know not the conclusions that we're classically you know taught and learn about like there's his interpretation of what he has to do and where everything's going is very 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 dark um and like everything that comes about from his interpretation is like, I I found it really just incredibly compelling. And, you know, you said, Stephen, that, uh, you know, knowing where everything was going uh, kind of uh, took away from um, how you, uh, like, your enjoyment of it. But I felt that there was enough that I had no clue where it was going mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that like, I was 100% compelled the entire time I was watching it. Um, yeah. I mean, did... D- did you not feel that way?
1: I So I did a little bit in that, okay, some of the, the rather like psychological thriller subplots that he threw in, I didn't know exactly how they would be resolved in the end. I, I, I had a hunch of where it would go. Uh, so there, there was a little to keep me. I guess just the problem, the problem to me is that there were kind of two movies here, and I loved the Darren Aronofsky movie, of a person being driven to madness by religious conviction and a firm belief that the world has become a terribly wicked place. Um, I loved that story. The second story, to me, was more of this large-scale disaster movie of big CG effects and the watchers kind of looking like Lord of the Rings ants that are fighting people. (laughs) Um, And you know, people talking with this big, ridiculous grandeur and evil guys being, like, snarling and purely evil. Um, I-, I felt like there was a blockbuster movie sandwiched together with the interesting film. Yeah. And the big blockbuster elements, on a whole, took me out of the movie. Um, like, I would have been pretty fine without that. the character of Tubal Kane really being in the film at all. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: was that? I, was that? That's the king. Guy? Yeah, yeah. That, that's okay. the king. There.
1: Is that Ray Winstones, the villain? Yeah, yes, okay. Ray Winstones, villain. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, he was fine, but it just—I I felt like there was enough interesting stuff to work with that it didn't need to be polluted with this big, you know, sword and sandal, wrath of the titans type adventure. Well, I—I I, I, oh, I, I
2: think that. Oh, sorry. I, I, mm-hmm. I was just
1: going to say, every time I could see him channeling that part of him. It made me unhappy with the movie when when things worked out that way.
0: All right, well, uh, Carson, what were you gonna say? And then I have one one comment about that.
2: I think I, I think I agree with the fact that it does kind of feel like almost like three separate movies. Um, it's almost like the three different acts are a different movie. You know, like the and the second act is definitely the blockbuster type of film. But I think overall, it doesn't really feel like a big sword and sandals, Ten Commandments type of epic. Like, I f- it feels very intimate, really, to me. Like, I I thought that uh, there is a lot of of grand scale ness to the movie and and epicness for sure. But I I I don't know. It just didn't it didn't feel that way to me. It didn't feel like that. Oh, this is just you know like Noah blown up to. Disaster like 2012 size proportions or something. Yeah, I I think I was reading some Roland Emmerich that
1: maybe I didn't need to. Like that, that might have partly been my preconceived bias
2: coming in of what I was afraid would happen. I mean, because Noah wasn't like punching dudes in the face, going like "Get off my ark" or something.
0: (laughs) Well, there was a short time where he was. He he was punching dudes,
2: but he didn't say like any cheesy like big blockbuster one-liners or something like i'll say i i I think the third act of this film was a
1: very good movie oh Um, yeah i don't know if i think acts one and two were i mean with the exception of there were a few very cool montages that he threw in um when it's discussing you know the biblical creation story and stuff like that and when aronofsky did throw in some huge creative twists i had a lot of fun with it yeah but the the other parts of the movie where it's just you know trying to squeeze in a romance and showing this showing this guy fighting other people i i don't know there were it was hard for me to be compelled by that part and i think if i didn't have a vested interest in the source material where i could respect what he did if i were just watching this movie as oh let me see a movie of some guy in a fantasy world, I don't know that I would have found it that compelling.
0: Yeah, well, like what what I was gonna say real fast is the reason why the villain didn't bother me is, um, is he's constantly um like there's this like through line of the story about um as as I said before like God has sort of been at this distance and, and this isn't a time when people don't believe in God it's just that they believe that God has turned his back on man. And like the king has this viewpoint that like like yes there was a creator but he created us in his image and he gave us dominion over over the earth. so like it's there's this like power struggle of him thinking it is his divine right to you know destroy the animals of, of the earth and eat it and like pillage the land and do all this like there's like there's this I don't know, like, his motives worked for me. Obviously, he was, like, corrupt and villainous and, like, a bad dude. But there was this, this, uh, I don't know, this, this like, feeling he had of being in the right, even though he was clearly a bad dude. Like, there, there's something about the way his story, his, his character was there, and, like, the way he's sort of, um, uh, seducing, uh, uh Noah's son into, sort of, like, at least, um, at least, uh, shoot, um, not accepting, but at least thinking about the things that the son has sort of like abstained from his whole life and, and whether there's a reason behind that or that's just the way people... I, I don't know, there's there something interesting about um, the motives of that character uh, that while maybe that whole like, I'm, I'm this king and I'm awesome thing didn't work, I, I thought that the through line of of what his character was doing was at least compelling in some way to me
2: yeah i mean i agree with that like i think his whole part of the film was classic you know good versus evil like in terms of movie standards like i thought he was intimidating and menacing enough as a villain where i was just like yes i want him to not live anymore <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I was gonna say because uh, I mentioned that the I, f- I felt the third act is is strong, in, in its you know sort of psychological thriller kind of way, um, but I feel like it does lose that momentum because the with the second act being, the big moment where you know they're all charging the arc and it's starting you know the flood is happening like I feel like I feel like that scene that whole sequence, is like. Very, very entertaining and very well done, and I was on, like, such a high from that that everything after that kind of, like, sinks down a couple notches to, you know, this sort of chamber piece where it's like, uh I now look like Kenny Rogers, and I'm on a violent streak. Um, so, and that, you know, that was interesting is that Russell Crowe, for each act, had a different hairstyle, <laughs> and in, like, the second act, he looked like non-ginge Joss Whedon. And in the third act, he looked like Kenny Rogers. <laughs> but,
0: well, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of time taking yeah, place no, in I, this Yeah, I, no, I, I know.
2: But, I mean, like, th- there is a lot of time lapses. But it's just funny how, like, those time lapses are obviously signifying the next act. And then, and then like, Russell Crowe is just like, I'm going to have a different hair. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just thought that. You're, you were kind of coming down from like a, for me at least, for from a huge high after all that uh, that one sequence. And then, yeah, I feel like if I watched it again, I'd be okay. But it was just kind of like, in the moment, I was like, whoa, like we just watched that and now we're like going to take it down a couple levels.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that. I think I very much enjoyed the way that he did that because I was coming at this movie with... A lot of respect for him, and to me, the most interesting thing about the movie was going to be what he chose to do with the Noah story. Yeah. Uh, so I was completely fine with the lack of momentum. I actually think the the big quote momentous scenes were the ones that made me not not love it too much. Um, wh- which is unfair because you have to tell the story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like there has to be a big flood scene. Spoiler warning. Um, (laughs) the animals have to get on the ark and again the creative decisions he made i thought were very interesting like what i got from this movie the part of the movie that i really enjoyed like the third act um was a very like serious man type vibe actually of god being this unknowable thing that lets people suffer and seems to make decisions like with the watchers that feel cruel right yeah um, yeah their story isn't one of look we are evil and rebelled and now we're gonna be punished and we're gonna be like crazy evil dudes that are you know destroying the world if we did something we genuinely thought was compassionate and now god has turned his back on us yeah um and i think that the type of things he did there also with you know noah's relationship with god like chris said how He just has these few dreams that he can't completely interpret and he's shouting like you know tell me more what am i supposed to do i and then just hearing nothing Uh, yeah i thought that was super compelling in again like very much the way that i found a serious man compelling of this guy like looking for answers and finding none and then just seeing wrath (laughs) happen yeah Um, so i hugely appreciated that I think, to me, the problem is the story, like, by definition, has to have a deus ex machina type situation <laughs> because it's literally God sending a flood from the heavens. Yeah, yeah. And to me, in my mind, a situation like that takes away a lot of the potential conflict that you can create in the story and while i respected a lot the way that he managed to bring some conflict back in the final act it still it still lost the driving force that would have made it extremely compelling to me like i think if like i mentioned before if i weren't invested in the story if i hadn't read the book (laughs) so i could appreciate the adapted screenplay um i can't imagine caring much about this movie like i would just see it as this big epic where people are fighting and one dude survives and waters fall and then there's like a family psychological thing happening in the middle i would have found it maybe interesting but i think i think i give it most of its credit only because i respect the process that he had and not so much that i actually think he made a film with a compelling story arc and conflict to get resolved
0: yeah it's weird because i'm I'm trying i'm trying to like as you were saying that sentence i want to disagree with you um because i really enjoyed the movie but i enjoyed it for all the reasons that you said (laughs) um so if i could somehow remove the context for any knowledge i had of the story um I you might be correct. I m- might have had a less of an experience watching it. I mean, I mean the stuff at, at the end is you know undeniably uh, uh, interesting. Um, and I think the way that they they kind of take the story they 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 simultaneously uh, humanize the story while making it kind of epic fantasy. You know, with like just the watchers in general and what they're doing. So they're are things there that i think would be compelling if i didn't know anything about the story but i do the the what i enjoyed most was the creative decisions i think like Mm -hmm. you said
1: i I, so i think i i enjoyed thinking about this movie after the fact much more than i actually enjoyed sitting and watching it
2: interesting i I just wanted to say something so there's dead air. Yeah, yeah, that was great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Carson says it as he takes a big bite of a lizard. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah because that's of, what I do all the time. Because I do think there's there's a lot to love about the creative decisions he made. I, I also like the way he managed to flip this religious story into partly a uh, a cautionary tale against being overzealous and yeah. strictly clinging to what you think is the letter of the law or what you think God wants and yeah. forgetting about the compassionate thing that makes us people. Um, I thought the fact that he managed to do that with a story that on its own is almost the exact opposite. Like, like the story on its own is basically a testament to blind faith, yeah. um, at least in the most traditional telling of it. And the fact that he managed to turn it into something that says, no, it isn't about blind faith. There has to be both was very, very cool to me. Well, I'm Yeah,
0: I, I think that is is what interested me the most because what we have is an account of events, not an account of motives and decisions that were made. Mm-hmm. You 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 only have like if you're just looking at the classic Noah story we have like the these are these are the, you know, quote unquote facts. Like these events took place. Um, yeah. but nowhere along the way do you have any like insight into how <laughs> how easy it was to follow those instructions <laughs> and Definitely. and w- the motives behind those decisions so um you know I, I alluded to the fact that uh that noah's interpretation of what these dreams the eventuality of what these dreams mean are not necessarily the classic eventuality that that we are you know we are taught um but Like, we don't know that that's not how it played out. Like, all we know is how it ended, not whether a decision was was made like that. And it's hard to say without being spoilery. And, um, like, you you might be thinking, if you haven't seen the movie yet, like, how can you be spoiling the story? We know how it ends. Like, there's some pretty big, uh, I'll call it bombs, that are dropped, like, uh, related to how this arrives at the same place that it should um, and I, like Stephen and I were saying, those are some of the most interesting pieces to, to us. So I wouldn't want to actually spell that out completely.
1: Yeah. And I think also he clearly did his homework. I, I don't think it's sacrilegious at all. I mean, if you've, he took a lot of kind of vibes and ideas from the story of Job, for instance, and the story of Abraham, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm really afraid I'm going to spoil something if I even say what the story of Abraham is, <laughs> um, <laughs> Basically, Abraham, when you're a kid, if you grow up in church, you tend to hear the story of this guy that was willing to do absolutely anything to follow God, even if it meant killing an innocent person. Um, And that's taught kind of weirdly as a plus of like, look at how trusting he was. But when I've gotten older and actually heard... Heard people who have tried to give a more compelling discussion of what the story means in the context of the Old Testament. It's actually, it's very different from that. Uh, like, like the real takeaway to that story is much more of, look, this is not cool. Like this isn't the sort of God that I am. I'm not going to ask you to go against your conscience. Yeah, yeah. Um, a- a- anyway, so I-, I won't get into that. But I feel like Aronofsky. If he doesn't have a personal vested interest in biblical things, he at least clearly talked to people who do. Because, in my mind, he made a movie that no religious person should be pissed off about, except for maybe the rock monsters. (laughs) (laughs) But at least as far as the grand themes go, I feel like it's totally in the character of the source material.
0: Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. It's everything is coming from somewhere. It's not just pulled out of his ass. And you you can make arguments that you know you don't like where he pulled things from but you can't make the argument that it was just out of thin air Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: i i do i had a lot of fun with the controversies surrounding this movie too (laughs) i spent a little while reading like comments on film reviews and things like that uh one big controversy is that they call god creator they never (laughs) use use his name yeah i I won't say the name because some people get offended at the utterance of it um
0: voldemort yeah yeah, yeah.
1: he he who must not be named yes Uh, also a youtube song but and i think a vampire weekend song but that's neither here nor there anyway he um what's funny about that controversy is the actual story when he reveals his name doesn't happen for like 300 years later so so Aronofsky actually knows more than the people who were about that. Uh,
2: other controversy I liked is Glenn Beck called this movie pro-animal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Did <laughs> He also called it a Babylonian chainsaw massacre. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that, well, was, that was good. Speaking
0: so, of the an- animals real fast, like w- w- one of the big things when people think about like the story of Noah and stuff, uh, you know, they always like, well, how could all these animals be there and all this kind of stuff? I, I love... What Darren Aronofsky did were like, they, I mean, this isn't a big plot point. It's just something that happens and you see it momentarily. But essentially, they like use like burning of herbs to put all the animals into suspended animation. Yeah, that was um, pretty awesome. Like, I, I just love the idea of that even being a possibility uh, other than the fact that like they were breathing that, that those fumes into, um, which kind of doesn't make sense. No, to me. It
2: only works for animals, dude. It's like well, magical Meth- Methuselah herbs. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but just just the idea of of like, uh, you know, putting them all to sleep for the duration of this voyage um, is kind of hilarious and awesome to me.
2: I also kind of liked how the animals that, like, there were animals that clearly were fake. You know, they like made up, that like didn't exist. Like, they all became extinct because like Ray Winstone killed them all. Yeah, and Ray Winstone ate all of them. Like he ate all of them and they've traded them for for women and stuff. I was like, oh, so that's why they're extinct. Like that was kind of an interesting choice that like the animals that made on the ark were the ones that got there before Ray Winstone got there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean
1: I (laughs) Yeah. So that in combination with making the watchers help build the Ark, the decision to put the animals to sleep like that 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 was some of the stuff i had mad respect for like the yeah, way that yeah. he managed to turn this into a story that at least could be put to screen and not look Im- completely implausible yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah. Th- that i thought was just ultra clever i yeah I, I was very happy when i saw those plot points yeah like yeah. realizing how well that he painted together all of these things
2: yeah oh i mean and like we've mentioned that the the watchers help him build the arc because like Mm -hmm. i was thinking even like when they showed up in this movie i still didn't cross my mind that oh they're gonna help him build it because it was like you just always think of that yeah this one normal guy and his family built a giant arc and you're just kind of like that's unrealistic um but you know, like you never, you never think like how much manpower it would take. Um, but it made more sense like when he introduced that, and plus, like the arc itself just looked like a. Like Chris and I are talking like a couple weeks ago, it was like the Nolanized version of an arc. Like it, it felt like that. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Tr- yeah, it's did. perfectly
0: carved wood that's like all yeah. rounded, boat it's rounded and
2: stuff. in, like a big rectangle, mm-hmm. and not like a like the typical arc you'd see in like a children's Bible story. Like in, you know, the little the ones that you're used to seeing. And I think that is another again, it's like another creative decision where like, okay, like he's at least trying to make it look like yeah, like it 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 happened, you know, it was plausible. I also
1: liked the way and this pissed off some people, uh he did manage to tie in some interesting environmentalish themes into this about what a human's role is and like you know what does having dominion over other creatures mean and how should we treat each other uh some people got pissed off (laughs) they called it like liberal propaganda blah 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 but but again i also think that is very smart and also probably more true to to the letter of the text than the people getting upset want to admit (laughs) uh so yeah, I liked I liked almost every little creative decision he made. I just wish I liked the broader film more than those individual pieces of it. Yeah, uh, it, it's like I want to applaud the the filmmaking and the screenplay writing very much, but I couldn't I couldn't will myself to get on board with everything that was happening it still felt to me like I was watching a kind of ham-fisted fantasy movie in a world that I'm not sure was compelling enough to care about Uh, which is a shame and I don't know that I can blame him like I honestly don't know that a better movie about Noah could have been made than this you know modulo like a couple tiny decisions he could have changed I I just think to me it's a it's a flaw in this type of movie that unless he invented a ridiculous amount of subplots, and he invented some, but he didn't, I don't think he went overboard, pun intended, on it. Um, (laughs) I don't think he went overboard, but unless he really threw in things that just had nothing to do with the source material, I can't imagine the movie really being a gripping watch for me. I think it's always going to have, for the same reason Game of Thrones isn't, Something that I love, either. There's just something about this kind of genre that doesn't doesn't do it for me. <laughs> I don't know.
0: No, I, I get that. Um, one, interesting. One thing, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Carson. <laughs> one, one thing that, that I did think was kind of kind of interesting is, uh, I I I kind of I kind of loved that while Noah is re uh, recounting the creation story. We're visually watching evolution take place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then w- yeah. once all the animals have finished evolution, then God just creates man. So it's like, it, the, I don't know. It, like, you literally see the Big Bang happen. You see the Earth form, something strike it, and the matter that breaks off that form into the moon. You know, you see these storms take place that become atmosphere. Like, you see all this stuff. And then when it says, right when he says God created. Um, you know, some something about the creatures. The first visual you see is cells dividing and then becoming like a tadpole and then a critter that walks and yeah. then like it. Something about like the fact that he was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna visually say that these are the same thing. <laughs> like something about that that visual des- decision. I thought was, um, I don't know, I don't know. Interesting is the best way to put it because it's like somewhat hilarious, somewhat compelling, somewhat like slow clap like i I don't know like i
1: oh definitely i that was one of my favorite sequences actually i thought that was a very good example of the the gutsiness and the the confidence that he went into the movie with like he decided this is the vision i'm going to show i'm you know like you compared it to chris nolan like i'm i'm going to try to make this happen in a plausible universe yeah <laughs> um, with, which is funny, because he added mystical elements, too. Like, Methuselah has some magic going on. But for the most part, he decided, like, I am going to try to make a story that would show how this could happen and how these events could take place. Yeah. And, you know, as someone who made that shift around high school, you know, of, of becoming less of a fundamentalist, very literal believer in all of uh, things about the creation story, uh, into a a place of kind of respecting cosmology and respecting evolution and things like that. Yeah, I I was a big fan of that decision. Definitely. Yeah,
2: I'm sure Glenn Beck wasn't though. No, Glenn Beck <laughs> Glenn Beck was not a fan. <laughs> uh, but
0: it's alright because he's not a fan of this podcast. No, either, so. no,
2: I don't think he's a fan of a lot of things.
0: <laughs> he's a fan of himself.
2: Yeah, that's true. He's he's real full of himself.
0: <laughs> one thing we've been accused of. <laughs> <laughs> bringing one, it back to the last episodes.
1: One one last thing I love is that you know how when you read news articles or movie reviews, you can tell that people are reading each other's stuff, like they're taking phrases from each other and copying them? Yeah. Like, like the North Korea crisis last year, everyone had a headline that had the phrase saber-rattling. Which is like, who on earth knows that phrase? Yeah. Um, anyway, this one, everyone loves the word antediluvian. So all of a sudden, everybody knows that there's an adjective for the time before the flood. <laughs> um, and I just love thinking of these critics sitting there, like, oh yeah, I'm buffing out antediluvian. Right <laughs> like, now. I can finally use it. <laughs> We're all going to nod and pretend that we knew what that word meant.
0: I'm saving oh. that square of toilet paper when I first learned that word. Yeah. <laughs> <My> <laughs> word of the day toilet paper roll. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah, that made me happy.
0: All right. Well, uh, is that is that everyone's last thoughts?
1: I guess so. Also. I like I like that Russell Crowe continues to play conflicted characters who are trying to uphold justice at the expense of empathy. <laughs> I think that's a good good look for him as Javert. Good look for him here. I hope he keeps it up.
0: Speaking of Javert, I, I did love that they found a way to allow him to sing in this movie. Yes. <laughs> I like going in, like, uh, you know, off air probably had a lot of jokes about whether or not he was going to sing in this movie, and they found a way, and I kind of had, like, a smile on my face when he started singing.
2: Yeah. He got, the, he got to do it all <laughs> in this movie. He got to punch people and sing and yell at people <laughs> and, and, and be, a, a, like, a Jor L type fatherly role. You know.
0: Yep.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Another negative, unfortunately, is a movie like this makes me think about incest way more than I want to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, conveniently he he sort of uh, that was skipped over that part at the end of the film. That
2: was interesting though, because it was like it made you think that, like, yeah, we're basically just all it's like six thousand years of incest, basically. Yeah, I mean it makes you know, it's a lot like uh, like
1: Jacob marking Bella. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like if eh, I don't I don't know if I want to think about that. He wasn't heavy-handed with it. I like, thought they
2: just... s- I thought he skirted around it. Like he didn't, yeah. you know, it, it was there but it wasn't like, "Hey, we're going to really focus on it or something." Well,
0: well also like Hermione wasn't a member of their family, so So that was there okay. Was a, there there was at least one half step removed
1: (laughs) yeah but the
2: ending yeah i I can't (laughs) but it's like how would it happen any other way like even if you even if you just go from taking the the you know the bible story as you know it like you just would have to think like okay so how did they repopulate like had to have been with each other like you know what i mean yeah no i know that's why i can't blame him i just don't
1: I don't want to think about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, well
0: per- I think also Percy Jackson was uh, adopted.
2: <laughs> <Good one. laughs> you know what? I actually felt sympathetic for his character. And then afterward, I read some things that Steven alluded to. And I was like, man, that guy was an asshole. But yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought, I thought he did a good job. Because it was kind of weird. Because like... In the movie, it's just like all he's talking about is just like, I want a wife. And you're like, yeah, we all do. I mean, just in terms of like it, it almost, you know, not to be crude, but it just felt like all he was on a mission. Like his hormones were raging and he just wanted, you know, some loving. Well, it, um, you know, plenty of animals. It, yeah. In,
0: in in all fairness, though, I mean, like, you know, you know, the phrase like not even if you were the last guy on Earth, like he's literally going to be one of the last guys <laughs> <Yeah>. on Earth. <laughs> like if there's a chance for him, it's right. now. It's, it, it, it's like, what better pickup line is there than, A, hey, God's about to destroy all of mankind. Would you, you know, like to be one of the, A, the first people who survive, and B, somebody who can help make sure mankind doesn't die off the face of the earth? like
1: I think Barney used that, by the way, in How I Met Your Mother. I think that was one of the plays. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: Um, but, yeah, you know what I mean? like I, I Like, I... I don't want to say, like, I identified with his desire there. No, I felt totally I totally bought that, like, I was sympathetic find. toward
2: his character, though, and especially a scene that happens toward the, uh, you know, before the flood comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, antediluvian. Antediluvian. Um, yeah. His antediluvian uh, 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 adventures to try and find a mate well, were, I mean, uh, it, it, I felt sympathetic for him. And even at the know, end, because he's kind of, you know, what happens, but then I guess there are some interpretations as to, you know, that weren't put in the movie, but, yeah.
0: Well, you, you also have to think about, like, just from, from the standpoint of, like, this isn't, like, now where you can go outside and throw a rock and hit, you know, a, a female. Like, there... Like, <laughs> yeah, you get the, arrested for that. Yeah, exactly.
2: So <laughs> no, my, my point is I that, think, like, I think you Ray Winstone was doing that. You He's know, like, there, there are
0: literally tons of fish in the sea now, but back then, like, he spent... Probably most of his life not encountering other people because, you know, Noah kept his family off on the outskirts and like away from other men because it's, man it's like so living bad. on
1: campus at Stanford. You don't you, you don't get to see a lot of them.
0: <laughs> but no, like, like like my point, though, is that like so they finally encounter one female and his older brother gets like they're just matched up because it's the older son so he obviously gets first pick of the ladies and there's only one lady so it's like he has grown up for the last you know however long that was supposed to have been like 10 years or what or six years or i forget how long anthony Hopkins they, they keeps didn't, mentioning.
2: they didn't say but
0: well there, there was one time where he's like eight years you've been with my family for eight years i don't know why anthony hopkins sounds like that but <laughs> e- e- either way well like, dude
2: it was the time of the dark elves i mean it was really but, uh
0: but, like, seriously, like, like, he spent the last many, many years, like, through the point of time where he would have been, like, totally trying to get with ladies, um, seeing that his older brother gets the only available female and he has nobody. And now he's told that the rest of the females are going to be destroyed. And not only is there a scenario in which people have to, like, procreate to carry on the human race... But his dad saying that like oh but you won't get to <laughs> like right that that it's more than just like a little a little like oh damn i want a girlfriend it's like come on this is like the time where i should have one because our race depends on it mm-hmm. um but i don't know that, that was a long long <laughs> long winded way of me saying that i totally felt sympathetic for him
1: yes yeah i felt bad for the guy
2: damn. yeah
0: all right so should we wrap this uh, episode up guys Cool. Um, well, let's get into our verdicts then. Uh, Carson, if you're going to give this a must-see, a recommend of the caveat, wait for rental, pass the caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it?
2: Um, I would definitely give it a must-see. I think it's a very cinematic movie and deserves to be seen on the big screen. And uh, there was just, like I said, there were a lot of things that uh, I thought Darren Aronofsky you know, really... If you got to make a Bible movie, I think this is the way to go. Like I, I think he really you know made it interesting made it entertaining i was compelled and i also want to say that clint mansell born to score movies uh he's scored every aronofsky movie and uh this is this is this is up there it's one of his best i'm pretty sure it's going to be like requiem uh, where everyone's just going to be biting off of it for the next five years
0: in every trailer in
2: every trailer <laughs> is just going to be the epic Noah score, just like how that was. And, uh, even the fountain too, they really kind of use that a lot too. Anyway. Yeah, that's my, I'm going must see Steven. Uh, yeah.
1: So I'm going to do, I'm going to pull a Chris and make a combined. And, uh Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, recommend with a caveat, if you have any interest in the source material and seeing adap- it adapted. Like, if you, if you care about the idea of taking a Bible story and turning it into a compelling drama, I think there's a lot to love, and I think it's worth watching now so you can th- talk about it to other people. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I, I definitely think the, the ideas are very good and the decisions Aronofsky made are compelling. So if you have any interest at all in how will a guy pull off a Noah movie, then worth watching. Um, Otherwise, if you don't care and if you just want to see an epic adventure, then maybe I'm wrong, but I have to give it a wait for rental Uh, because in my mind, if I didn't care so much about how a person would pull off the story of Noah, I think this would actually be a fairly long thing to sit through. Uh, That's just my guess. Carson maybe proves me wrong here, but yeah. Wait for rental. If you don't care, uh, recommend with a
2: caveat if you do care. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say is I thought, you know, two hours and 20 minutes running time, but uh, I I never felt it. Like I, even, even when I thought that the third act kind of lost a little bit of that momentum, I was never bored. Like I I thought it went by, pretty swiftly so anyway cool. any hoot
0: Um, I, I'm going to give it a very strong recommend with a caveat I think uh, really the only caveats are, are really there's only two caveats one would be if you're the kind of person who will be offended by the creative decisions that were made in this film and you're incapable of just like going with it and even trying to understand why those creative decisions were made maybe not a movie for you Um, also Steven sort of maybe won me over with the idea that I might not have liked it as much as I did if I didn't know anything about the Noah story. Um, like, like like you said, Carson has sort of proven that wrong a bit. Um, so maybe that's not the case, but there's a possible hesitation that, um, people not familiar with the story, um, might be interested in it as much, but Either way, big recommend for me. I'm stoked that this movie got made, and uh, very much enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I mean it's definitely one of the 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 ballsiest, big budgeted uh, studio movies to come out in a while. Like I, I feel like this wins the Iron Man Three Award of the year, where you just want to support it and appreciate it because you very rarely get a movie of this size that's done this way.
1: Definitely. And I and any of me hinting or saying that the movie might not have been fun enough or compelling enough is like not at all a shot at Aronofsky. I've got huge respect for what he did with this movie, and I hope that it makes enough money and, you know, gets enough acclaim that studios are happy with their decision and that he can continue to pull an interesting twist on a big blockbuster. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's definitely something for him to be proud of, regardless of whether I thought it was the most entertaining way to spend two hours.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, that's going to be the end of this review, guys. Uh, Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that?
2: Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com.
0: Steven?
1: Uh, you can go to twitter.com sdavidmiller or facebook.com sdavidmiller.
0: People can find me at Christopher in Real or twitter.com slash IRL. You can find the podcast over at the where you can get all the back episodes of the show. You can fill out, follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash spoil warning to figure out when these episodes go live, or like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash the warning. If you want to get hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the or call leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4 TSW. That's 760-575-4879 music for this episode will come from you know the score that Carson loves so much so hopefully you guys are also loving that um yeah thank you guys for joining me yes
2: yeah. thank you for having me
0: and uh thank you guys all for listening hope you enjoyed
2: You free phone multiply
0: just not with your family just
2: not with your own family <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: not with unless it's time
0: <laughs> oh, I watch them I will get a,
2: That's the exception.